Welcome to Healthcare is Human, a monthly podcast featuring authentic storytelling and healthcare with your hosts, Dr. Ryan McCarthy and Shruti Shrikamar. Shruti Shrikumar. Shruti, today we take our listeners back to school, pandemic style. For me, back to school was always an exciting time to see my friends, to share all the fun and cool things I did over the summer. And it's always fun to go back to school shopping, new stationery, new shoes, new notebooks. In these strange and difficult times, we are focusing this episode on healthcare workers and how they're thinking and dealing with the challenges of their children returning to school, whether that's virtual learning or in-person school or some kind of hybrid learning model. Every family is making difficult choices. The first person we will hear from is Ernesto. He is a registered nurse at Berkeley Medical Center. We caught up with him at the COVID drive-up testing site. We first asked him how long he had been working at BMC. Uh, Seven years. Describe what you've been doing on a daily basis. So um, most of the time I work out in triage, at least during the pandemic portion. Uh, So I get to see uh, a lot of the people with the respiratory issues uh, and uh, a lot of people who, um, there's a lot of people who are really scared. Uh, So it's a, there's a lot of uh, trying to calm people down, trying to help them understand a little more uh, about the the pandemic and just trying to help them out in that manner, uh, direct them. When the respiratory issues are worse, we tend to send them to specific rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they are more mild, uh, we just send them to wherever to be tested in the back if they need assistance. Okay. And we're, we're standing in the, the testing trailer. Can you just describe for listeners what, what do we have going on outside the window here? Okay, so outside the window, what happens is we have people who already have orders placed by, by another provider okay. uh, in one form or another. Uh, they drive up, they come to a stop, we talk to them, figure out who's the ordering provider, and then uh, the information is input to the computer, we take go out to the car with the swab. Uh, we are fully geared up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a mask, a shield, a gown, mm-hmm. uh, gloves, and uh, you know, we go, we change in, we swab the nose, a uh, quick five seconds, and then they're on their way. It's a very short process. Uh, do you have anybody in the in your immediate family who's in the school system? Uh, I have two children. Okay. Uh, seventh and fifth. And what type I, of plans do you have for the fall? I am. I have already sent them to school. They've been uh, one in. They call it brick or click. Okay. Uh, I sent them to the brick because. Okay. So go physically going to school. Physically going to school. Okay. Uh, I feel it's important for them uh, okay. mentally um, to be out and be socializing. Um, as a parent with a couple of kids in the school system, what's your greatest hope for the coming couple weeks? Well, I honestly hope that uh, they just roll with the punches and allow them to go to school, even though there most likely will be an outbreak of COVID because I don't, I feel like they should be still be able to go. What's your greatest fear as we look a couple weeks down in the end of September, October, later in the fall? My biggest fear mm-hmm. um, actually doesn't have to do with COVID. Okay. My biggest is, fear okay. is more 
Um, if they close the schools again, okay. what it's going to do to my children's um, mental and emotional state. Okay. They need their friends, they love their friends, they okay. miss their friends. And this is a great social socialization. And this is the main reason why I don't homeschool my children. And um, as a frontline worker who's been on the inside from the beginning, anything that you feel like you would like to let the general public know? I think uh, the, the main thing is just, again, just generalized cleanliness, uh, washing, just generalized, you know, washing your hands on a regular basis mm -hmm. is a great way to prevent this um, from spreading. But this is also something that you should be doing with the flu that was, that's been around since forever and a day. Ernesto is exactly right. All of us are going to take lessons from this pandemic that we'll be able to use in the future. I don't think that any of us will ever be the same. The next person we meet is Jacqueline. She works in the cafeteria. She's a working mother and shared with us her story of catching COVID in July and what this means for her plans to send her kids back to school. We actually caught it, yeah. I did and my daughter's did. Uh, the little one, she got highs from it. And I lost my sense of taste and uh, smell for like a month almost. And my oldest one did too. And she has asthma, but she didn't get sick like that. I, I was worried, but I'm very, very blessed and grateful that we didn't. Um, hopefully there's no repercussions, so. Right. That's and what, what I, month was that when that happened? At the end of um, July, end of July. Yeah, that's what, when it happened. Like, And I was quarantined for like two weeks. They, he did so and then I was released and I'm back here. Did you ever get your sense of smell back? Um, it did slowly though. It yeah. actually felt like a stomach bug. We all felt like we had a stomach bug and it was just not going anywhere and when she started getting the hives and I didn't taste and I'm like mm, maybe but it was it was a little scary at the beginning but it didn't progress any worse so but Did you have any fears coming into work? Did you feel like any points where you felt unsafe? Afterwards, I mean, I feel like still right now because they say that your immune system gets a little weak. So I'm scared that I could get sick. But even though like we caught it, they say afterwards you don't catch it again. I don't know how true that is. Right. How long does my immunity last? Yeah. Sure. Good question. I feel like we caught it. I'm going to send my kids to school. I feel like, okay, we're good. Like, let's go. They're going back to school. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy. I'm kind of nervous though how, how it's all going to change are the kids wearing masks we i don't hope know. so really I, I don't know how i feel about masks i mean if i caught it how much can a mask really protect you Speak, speaking of masks your mask <laughs> is pretty spectacular you want to tell us about it um actually my friend gave it to me she got it from mexico um but her grandmother stitched them over there so but it's oh. a really nice uh What's it called? Indigenous look. It's unique, I guess. Very, very unique. Mm -hmm. But I gotta wash it. I gotta hand wash it. <laughs> it's absolutely stunning. So right? it's a, a pink flower in the middle, uh, yellow center. It almost looks like a like a pink daisy. Yeah. Kind of it's design. like it's like a, one of those traditional flowers from Mexico you see on the dresses. Yeah. Absolutely. Very yes. beautiful. It does thank look you, like thank a piece you. of dress. It is I'm serious. gonna have to keep it just in case afterwards, right? Well, we don't wear a mask no more. A little shadow box. During this time as a working parent, um, you've had the whole experience on the front line. Mm -hmm. You got sick. Family got sick. Um, what are some of the things that you're gonna take away from this experience that that are good? I feel like the good thing is that we're now more health conscious. We're more um, aware of that 
Our germs are not just our germs. <laughs> it's everybody's germs and it's a little scary, but I guess we gotta keep it keep it clean, I guess. Um, keep it more hygienic. Um, I feel like, damn, we're gonna have no more buffets, I feel. No more buffets? No more buffets. You think they're going away no more, forever? I feel, I feel like nobody wants to touch something. Mm, I mean, I don't think nobody wants to touch something somebody else has touched. I, you, you might be right. Yeah. Who knows how what the future holds? I mean, hopefully it's gonna be better for the little ones because now we're more conscious. But I, that's the best thing I could think about. Like, hopefully we all move towards a better, better, better future. I am sure this story is familiar to a lot of people. Parents dealing with sick kids while trying to balance work and home life. With Jack's story, everything turned out okay, which is wonderful. And, you know, maybe no more buffets for a while. Yes, Ruthie, I think you're right. I don't think we're going to have buffets for some time to come. (laughs) The next person we will hear from is Ching Shi, a fourth-year medical student at West Virginia University. We caught up with Ching in the doctor's lounge at the Berkeley Medical Center. I started by asking him how COVID has changed his medical education. Yeah, so, you know, last year when coronavirus first hit, I was a third-year medical student at the time, and so that was actually supposed to be what we would consider the peak of our clinical training experience. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what we were doing were very hands-on, in-person experiences working in the hospital. And when coronavirus hit, all of that went virtual, and so we would be learning through Zoom five days a week for hours at a time during the day. And so it was a completely, you know, huge shift into what we consider virtual learning. And I think the thing that, you know, made it so different was that we weren't able to interact with patients in person. We weren't able to do any physical exam activities. And so there came with this, you know, struggle to, you know, how do we get the best education without having what is the most beneficial part of our education. The patients. Right. And um, how how difficult was it to suddenly be taken right away from from patient care and hospital and clinic and then suddenly be in front of a computer? How, How difficult was it? Yeah, so that was pretty tough in the beginning. You know, throughout time we came up with this phrase what we call Zoom burnout. And okay. So instead of actually, can you, like, ex- can you describe that a little more? Yeah. So we would, you know, have Zoom lectures pretty much every day for mm-hmm. hours at a time, and there would be days where you would just have eight hours of Zoom lectures back to back to back wow. throughout the day, and you know, it was different in that we were still learning, but at the end of the day, it was nothing compared to in-person activities and actually being able to see the patients, of course, to see your colleagues in person and to interact on an in-person level. And so, you know, even though you're talking to people through Zoom eight hours a day, as soon as you end that Zoom call, you know, you return to this empty apartment and Mm. this feeling of, you know, loneliness in a way. So... And so that was at the beginning, the, the early dark days of the pandemic, and now that we're six, seven months, and you're now a fourth-year student, mm-hmm. um, you want to tell our listeners what, what occupies a lot of your time now, because you're, you're thinking of life after medical school, right? Right, right. So, you know, slowly but surely, we kind of transitioned into partially Zoom meetings, and now we're finally starting to go back into the hospital to get some more in-person learning experience. Um, you know, I'll... 
on a day-to-day -day basis, my day pretty much consists of going to the hospital, rounding on patients, being actually able to see and observe these patients in person, um, you know, talk to them on a personal level and actually be able to learn, you know, by doing physical exams mm -hmm. in the in the workroom. Uh -huh. And so that was really helpful. And, you know, I think one of the toughest things is there's so much unknown about coronavirus and of there's course. so much that we're still learning today. But I still think it's important that, you know, we adhere to the safety measures that are given to us. And, you know, at the end of the day, there still has to be people in the hospital caring for these patients. Of course. And so I think it's a really good step in teaching us you know what to do for future occurrences mm -hmm. and also you know it really puts a gives me more confidence going to residency next year in knowing that I'll be okay these patients will be okay and there is going to be a day after tomorrow and looking in the uh, the immediate 2021 future uh, what kind of doctor do you want to be after medical school so I'm currently in the process of applying to residency in internal medicine mm -hmm. so you know, hopefully I'll be a future physician j just like you, Dr. McCarthy, um, helping patients, you know, in the, in the outpatient clinic as well as, you know, seeing patients in the hospital. And is there anything that you'd want to say to a member of the general public that you feel like they couldn't understand because you've been a frontline worker? Yeah, so I think, you know, the biggest thing that I want people to take away from this whole pandemic is just to keep on going. You know, I think there are going to be good days and there are going to be bad days, but the biggest thing is to always keep on going, um, never give up, and there will be a better tomorrow. I can hear the resolve in Ching's voice as he looks forward to a future in healthcare with the skills that he forged here in the pandemic. The next person we will hear from is Chad, and he works in the cafeteria. We started off by asking him if he had managed to stay healthy during the pandemic. Have you been well while working? Uh, thankfully, yeah, I have been. Um, yeah, I've, ever since this first started, I've been wearing my mask and trying to keep clean and everything and keep everything sanitized. Coming after I leave here, as soon as I go home, I'll throw everything in this washing machine, take a shower. So I've been doing everything because I got a little kid. And I want to keep myself, you know, not only healthy for myself, but I want to keep healthy for him. And I want to be able to keep, make sure that he doesn't get sick too. And, and how old is your son? Uh, he will be 12 in December. So how has this pandemic changed your perspective on just the world and like healthcare and this work environment in general? Uh, work, not really. I mean, besides having to wear masks and a little extra cleaning, but just being outside and seeing how people react it's 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 nuts because mm -hmm. there's places right now where you have to have masks to go in and i see tons of people in without them right and i've heard people saying well uh as long as i wear the mask i don't have to be the six feet and things like that and it's I mean, working here and seeing that, sure, it's it's kind of frustrating because sure. you want to just go up and scream, scream at them, hey, put the mask on. Because in, in this work environment, how do how do people feel about masks? It, it's what we need to do to work, keep ourselves safe. So uh -huh. we're doing it. 
And what are you looking forward to most after this pandemic is over, maybe in the soon future, hopefully? Uh, being able to go more places, like take my kid places. Mm -hmm. um, we actually do, uh, we're in a little group where we go out to parks and like shoot Nerf guns at each other and stuff. Uh -oh. So because of the pandemic, that's really cut down a lot of what we can do. And that sure. was a big thing with me and my kid. Oh, yeah. So that's one thing I'm really looking forward to is being out able to get out more with our friends and do a lot more with them. And also not having to wear a mask. Just be able to take it off and go somewhere. But sadly, I'm getting used to it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know we're all looking forward to getting back to the fun things that we miss, like being in the park with friends and family. You know what I miss the most? I miss concerts. I miss large groups of people. And you know, when this pandemic is over, the first concert I am totally going to go see is Harry Styles. I think that's a great idea, Shruti. <laughs> The next person we will hear from is Laura Ross, a unit clerk at Berkeley Medical Center. We started by asking her how the pandemic has affected her children and how they are attending school. Well, I have three kids that are in school. Um, very grateful for the aspect that they are of an age to be at home by themselves and okay. to help one another. Um, the tail end of the school year was actually really beneficial to go virtual because it allowed my children to research their material and kind of set aside the time but be able to step away and take a break mm -hmm. let their brain rest a little bit and kind of come back they actually finished the year stronger than what they started so they found some parts of that user friendly very very okay. much so my youngest um is eight she's a little girl my two oldest are boys so they definitely have this responsibility that wasn't there before i mean they were responsible but now it's like i have my little sister to look out for she can't really navigate the laptop like okay. that let me help her do this the zoom meetings and stuff she wasn't capable of doing that so i'm very grateful that my boys were there to step in and help her with that which was great now we face the new dilemma to hopefully not rush into the school year, you know? Give this the, is going to ask you, are, uh, do you have plans to send them to I, physical school? I don't, okay. honestly. I feel like preparation can't be rushed. Okay. Our children can't be compromised in that. And more, I mean, not more importantly, but just as importantly, those teachers, they didn't sign up for a life-threatening career. Sure. They signed up to inspire our children. The fact that that's been such a social media aspect right now, like us here, this is exactly what we clock in to do every single day. We knew that when we signed up to come here. They did not. The fact that some are still willing to do that, God bless them. I think that is amazing and speaks true to their character, but not even a fault to the ones that aren't ready to do that. I don't blame them whatsoever. But sure. get something in line that is Specific foolproof. Specifically on that point, do you find as a healthcare worker that when you come in here, some of these risks that you assume now were a part of what you you knew going in? Is that why you feel like, hey, we can come in here and work because this is an infectious environment every day? Yeah. No matter what, even pre-pandemic? I do. I do because you never know what's coming, but you sign up for whatever gets thrown your way. You're going to take care of it and take it with a grain of salt and do it one day at a time because that's really all of us are really capable of doing. So as this thing has changed over a 24-hour period, we've seen it up, down, and through in between. It's changed so much mm -hmm. that I think you just have to be prepared for anything that the healthcare throws at you, personally. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does, you never know. I mean, worse things could come out. we got to be ready and armed and 
to take yeah. care of it. Yeah. When we think back to some of the early days when this hospital had no visitors, what was, <laughs> it, what was it like to work here then? I feel like that, I don't know if it would be smoother, but I could hope that it may be smoother just for the fact of, I know when I personally would come in and see a loved one, you don't feel like you don't want to bother the professional, you don't want to bother the nurse, but you definitely would reach out if your loved one needs something because you're there to advocate for them, you know, no matter what their condition may be. But I think it's kind of a peace of mind now from my perspective of not having visitors and then now slowly letting them back in. When they weren't here, you really truly are a voice for that family. You know what I mean? Like sure. they're not here personally to advocate for that patient, right. mm-hmm. but the fact that I mean, my floor personally, I know that any RN that is assigned to any of these families are going to advocate for that patient just as much as, you know, just me as the secretary, you know, like they are, they're in it for them, you know what I mean? So I really try to put a little peace of mind with the family and kind of relate to them and get on a personal level and get to know their family. So, hey, I, I checked on John today. He's doing great. I'll get the nurse the message. You know, you really have to get on a personal level so they feel that assuredness that, mm-hmm. That person, I know I can call in and depend on them. So I like to do that. Laura makes a really good point about teachers returning to school during a time of uncertainty. We want to thank our teachers as school starts up again. Whether you're teaching online or in person this fall, we want everyone in the school system to know that you are keeping our community going and our kids safe. Thank you to educators everywhere. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening. Healthcare is Human podcast is produced by talking and listening to human beings. It was inspired by the amazing and hardworking staff at the Berkeley Medical Center, and it's dedicated to everyone serving today in healthcare. Healthcare is Human was created by Ryan McCarthy. Shruti Srikumar and I write and host this program together. Our audio engineer is Kim Mattioli. Thanks, Kim. Some of our interviews are produced for local radio by Marsha Chawalik of the Panhandle News Network. You rock, Marsha. This podcast is not all we do. We also have a visual project of photographs featuring many of the humans you heard from today. These beautiful and intimate photos were taken by Molly Humphreys from Shepherdstown, West Virginia. Hey, that's me. You can find Molly's world-class portfolio by searching for Piccadilly Posh. You can find us on social media. We started our program with the Muscleman High School Marching Band. Original music by Isaac McCarthy. Closes out our show. Before we sign off, a big shout out to our Mountain Mama, West Virginia University. Mountaineers go first. Be sure to check out our next episode, Haunted by Healthcare. We talk to healthcare workers about stories that will stay with them forever. Some good, some bad, but all memorable. And until next time, here's a thought to take with you when you go to the hospital, the urgent care, or a clinic. The most important thing to remember is that more than anything else, healthcare, healthcare is, is human. human.